It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Conduits of trouble time, actually, which means it's Judd and Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins. What's going on, Chipper? How are What's you? Happening, brother? I'm doing good. What's you know, not too much. Not too much. Where do you want to start this week? Do you want to start a little Twins NBA uh, playoffs, which have been absolutely fantastic? You pick. I always pick you. Let's do NBA. Okay. I'm digging these NBA playoffs. How much fun is it for you? Because here's the one thing that has has struck me about these playoffs is, you know, for years it seemed like you could sort of just predict things, right? Like you could predict the winning team. You could predict the best players. The new teams, and I guess just as importantly or more so, the new stars that have emerged for all the people who said, oh, LeBron's gone, the ratings will tank, or, you know, so-and-so's not playing. I I think long-term, this is the best thing that could have happened because it has sort of a hockey feel to it in the fact that for the first time in a long time, it feels like we don't know uh, exactly who's going to win series, and that's long before you get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, the conventional wisdom has been – uh, fans want to see stars, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, whether it was the super teams, whether you loved them or you hated them, you wanted to just see stars. And I think what we're finding out is, hey, parody's pretty attractive too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's pretty interesting too. And I do feel like, I think there is uh, a curiosity with this changing of the guard, whether it's Trey Young and Booker and these young stars that we're starting to see. Um the torch being passed. And that's not to say that LeBron will win another one, you know, when they get healthy, but it has been kind of nice to not just know, okay, it's going to be LeBron in the finals against whoever, or it's going to be the Warriors in the finals against LeBron. You know, I mean, that's great. I mean, I I do watch that too, because I I love seeing the best players be there, but this has been kind of refreshing to see this new, um, new wave of stars coming into the league or coming into, you know, this, yes, exactly. This stature, you know, being yep. in the in the this late in the playoffs. Who excites you the most? I'm the Booker guy. I, I really like, and, and part of this is kind of self serving. Judd, this how I, I covered his dad in college. So chip, you're old, was, okay? Yeah, I, I got bad news for you. You're you're an older man, okay? Not like I me, know, a young guy. I know. When I was at Missouri, I was the the you know for the student paper there. I was the basketball beat writer, and Melvin Booker. The great Melvin Booker, his dad was the point guard on that on that Missouri team that went undefeated in the Big Eight. It was the Big Eight back then, <laughs> yep. and they got all the way to the Elite Eight and got knocked out uh, by Arizona. Um, but it was a fun team, and so 
I've always kind of followed Booker's career through just, you know, association of having covered his dad. And, um, man, he can shoot it. Holy cow, can he shoot it? He is fun to watch. The elevation he gets on his jump shot, Judd, it's, it's just beautiful. Um, but I, so I, I would say him and Trey Young. Trey Young is, you know, he's he's got the staff range. Mm-hmm. Shoot it from, you know, anywhere on the court. Um, but just the flair that he plays with, too. Uh, so those two guys are probably the two that um, probably excite me the most. I, I think those two are going to be, you know, superstars for a long time. Yeah, and, and the fact that uh, what Booker played with that broken nose or that displaced, yeah. I guess not broken, I guess officially it was sort of just displaced nose. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, um, I like these guys too because they definitely bring a big flair, right? Like Young brings yeah. a flair. Booker brings a flair. So they're fun players to watch. Their teams are fun now. How much do you think, if there's a parallel at all, and I'm not trying to imply that this is right now, but just as far as as giving people hope, how much do you think that the turnaround of the Suns, and especially a team like the Hawks, who, you know, I believe when they played the Wolves, I think they played them in Atlanta on MLK Day, Chip, and Mm -hmm. that's before they made the coaching change, and they were not good. How how much hope do you think that gives a franchise like the Wolves? Because for a long time, because of the way the league is structured, there hasn't been hope. There's just been like, okay, you're going to. But now you look at these teams, and they're emerging, yeah. and it's a fairly quick emergence. It's not this big three-year buildup. Well, the thing is, like, I look at the Hawks, and I don't know a lot of players, Judd. I mean, it's not like this. That's not a super team. I mean, it's not nope. a team that has, you know, five or four superstars. I mean, this is. Um, you know, it's they got one and good coaching, and and they they found the right mix of players. And so, I look at the Suns though, and I go back to something you always talk about. You need a veteran guy in there, and you, whether it's you know whatever. I know you you talked about that with the Timberwolves of getting veteran guys in there to you know to help cat these guys. And look at what Chris Paul's done. You know, yes. And you add a guy like that to your to your locker room and, and, and can run things and kind of, uh, you know, help the young guys. I mean, that's what I think that's imperative when you have, you know, young talent that's trying to, you know, figure it out um, to add a, you know, a veteran presence. I mean, how many Chris Pauls are out there, but, um, but I do think, I think you're right that this is shown because what, what the narrative for the last, what, seven years has been you can't win if you're not a super team i mean the nba's changed you can't win without a super team you got to have two or maybe three stars and that's what i mean that's been the model and so i think this year's showing is like you know what there's another way to to get there too i mean you can you can build you need a, a, a true superstar and you need to surround them with good talent but it doesn't have to be okay let's you know get three guys that are buddies that are great players and right. form a super team and win a championship. There's, there's a different path now. And I think that gives teams hope. And I, I was going to say in my mind, that's potentially huge because now if you look at a team like the Hawks who have turned things around, you know, quickly and yes, they've got good players, but you're right. They definitely don't have a super team. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody preseason wise who predicted that they would be successful that this is a good sign for teams that for a long time, i.e. the Wolves, have basically gone in and said, well, we'll try, but, right, but, there's always a but. Yeah. Uh, but when but when you do look now at what? You look at Towns and you look at D'Lo and probably especially Ant, you mm-hmm. know, 
this is not a team that has no talent. And so I think that you look at the Hawks and you're like, okay, Young's a great player for sure, but you're you're exactly right, Chip. They don't have a roster full of players where you're like, I could name their starting five. So first time in a long time, I think the league is giving a team like the Wolves at least reason to be optimistic when previously they just didn't have it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you're right. I mean, I forgot what the what the record was when they made that coaching change, but you certainly would have thought, and how many people, when you looked at the Hawks at the beginning of the year, would say, yeah, that team looks like an Eastern Conference Finals team to me. I mean, <laughs> you know, nobody's going to say that. No. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think, it. yeah, if, if your organization's around the, you know, around the NBA and you're seeing this now, on the flip side, you could say, okay, injuries kind of derailed, you know, clouded the picture like what would the lakers been with if they hadn't been injured would they you know would we still be talking about the super teams maybe you know um brooklyn you know they had their issues with with injuries <clears throat> but um so does that does that i think you have to factor that into the conversation too right the injuries definitely yes dicta- dictated you know, yes some of this um but but I mean, it also shows that you know. I mean, things happen. There, there are going to be seasons with injuries, and so if if you surround your best players with the right complementary pieces, that you can, you know, it, it can work. And so that's that's got to be the <clears throat> challenge for Rosas Gerson. Um, Rosas this off season is, you know, they don't have the draft pick. Okay, that's done with. Um, what are they going to do in free agency to? One to me, number one, you you got to find some defense, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I know they want it it to be internal improvement, but how much better is Russell going to be defensively? I mean, let's be honest. At this point in his career, how much better is Towns going to be? It seems like we've been saying, okay, he's a little bit better this year. He's a little bit better this year. I sort of feel like you are who you are at this point. It's not like they're going to become defensive stoppers. And so I think you have to go out and find that in free agency and find some veterans to, you know, to fill important roles around them. Um, because, you know, I, your big three, you know, I think you you like what you have in, in the scoring there, but I think you better go out and find some defense this uh, summer. Or, Chips Goggins, how about this one, via trade? Because the one, <laughs> the one guy who, whose name has been – thrown out and I do think that the Sixers are going to move him I don't know it's going to be here but Ben Simmons uh his shot is broken it has been broken and it's actually recovered and then been broken again Uh, but the one thing that he would bring you Chip is exactly what you're saying defense he's He's elite he's elite in a lot of areas where the Wolves I guess it's fair to say could use an elite player I know he's yeah I know he's not the he wasn't the defensive player of the year but if he's not the best he's one of the three best defenders probably in the NBA. He's an itch. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Philadelphia's got to get rid of him. That's just, I think that one's reached the point of no return there. That market, um, too. Like, you're yeah, not going to, that's no. not going to work there. They're not going to embrace you with a warm, you know, a warm embrace after this. I it mean, ain't I Utah, Chip. <laughs> no, no, I think it's done there. Um, yeah, I mean, you would have to figure out, because he's such a horrendous shooter, mm-hmm. how you're going to use him offensively. Is it just going to be as a facilitator? But here's the thing. I always go back to Judd. I mean, he's unplayable at the end. I know. that. He, he's that's such what I told a Phil. Bad, yes. He's such a bad free throw shooter. He's unplayable. I mean, mm-hmm. the other night <clears throat> in the deciding game, 
in a close game, he could not be on the court because he was a liability. I mean, you can't have a guy be one of your best players and be unplayable at the end of the game. And so yep. can he at least fix that? How does a guy that has all that skill shoot that 40 from free throws? Uh, I mean, it, it's a mental block, Chip. I, I, I mean, Steve Sachs. Knoblock forgot how yeah. to throw to first base. I don't. I think because of when he melts down to my problem is I don't think it's really fixable. I think it's going to revert. The only thing would be would would his mental state be improved in a place like Minnesota? Because Philadelphia, if you're going to melt down, like that is the ultimate anxiety city. Yes, like they, yeah, you know, yeah. they're going to ride you. And that's the thing. But 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 the first time he goes to a new place and he misses, you know, he starts missing free throw. I mean, those images are going to come back up in his mind again. I mean, it's, you're right. It's a mental thing at this point that he's, you know, the golfer with the yips, you know, he just cannot. So, um, I don't know. You would have to figure out how you're going to use him and, and overcome that major, major, you know, deficiency he has. And, and maybe a fresh start and clean slate and all that will help his mental outlook. But, mm-hmm. but, but, what you would get in defense and rebounding and, and, you know, facilitating and he could score. I mean, if you put him on a basket or in transition, he's going to score, you know, 15 to 20 points. Um, who would you have to give up? Russell and who? That's the big question. Yeah. Uh, Phil proposed that you would start with D'Lo. Uh, Doogie talked about it yesterday and said you would try and keep D'Lo and give them, but you'd probably have to give them a couple first-round picks. Uh, Be- Beasley, I-, I think what Phil said was, and this was rumored, I want to say CBSSports.com, uh, was Beasley and D'Lo. And you'd trade Beasley. I mean, that wouldn't yeah. bother me. He, yeah, he can shoot, me. but the off-the-court stuff, and yeah, there's just a lot true. there that I wouldn't mind probably parting with. Yeah, and, you know... You know, he would be your point guard. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably would do it just because of what you would gain defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you pair him with – the thing is, is you know, he's going to get guys open shots. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably do it. You know, I, I would, you know I'm, I'm not a huge D-Lo fan, although, he, you know, he played – he sort of won me over – not won me over, but – it impressed me at the end of last year. He did. Last, the way he, yep. really the way he passed the ball as much as anything, yep. you know. Um, I, I I sort of liked him more at the end of the season, so, but I still, I, I guess I would probably do it. Yeah. Uh, with with some trepidation just because I don't, the shooting, John. I mean. I know. And, I and, can't get past that, man. I know. And where I sort of come to your side, and, and because I told Phil that this concerned me the most as well, it's not just the shooting, it's also, I, I need to know how mentally broken he is, because, yeah. you know, it's one thing to have a guy that can't shoot and knows it, but he rebounds, and he plays hard, and, and you know, lots of times, th- those guys that can't shoot, but they're confident, right? So, like, they're not mm-hmm. melting down. Um, the one thing I'm leery of from a personal standpoint, or I, I guess a people standpoint in the locker room, is if he's really impacted and affected, I don't know I want him around Towns as well because Carl's got his own... I mean, Carl's an interesting dude himself. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't... Look, I'm not looking for Jimmy Butler to come back and kick ass, 
but I am looking to mold this team into as mentally of strong team as, as it can be. And I do, you know, Ant's going to take the lead, and that's great. But I also don't want to put at the age of twenty this all on Ant and say, okay, Carl's Carl, and Ben Simmons is completely broken, but he can play. Yeah. Deep, you know, so <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. Is is and that sort of runs along with the point of can you add a veteran who gets it? Not a Jimmy Butler, but who gets it? Yeah, because if you, it's not fantasy basketball, exactly. Well, and I mean, this is probably unfair, but because of the situation. But I mean, did you see his body language? Yeah, that's and, what I'm and, saying. That's what worries me. And part of it is, you know, you're losing, and you're you know, you're probably miserable because you're probably hearing things from the stands. Um, but he just looked like he had the weight of the world on him, and. Maybe that would all disappear with the trade and go somewhere and he'd feel, you know, like a new person. Maybe, you know, but but it's still going to take a lot of work that I don't know. You know, I haven't sit there and looked at technically is there anything they can do with this shot. I I think as much as anything, it's just there's no confidence there. I mean, there was one play, uh, uh, I think it was game, might have been six or seven, but um, he literally – could have gone in for a dunk and wouldn't do it. He kicked it out for a – didn't want to shoot free throws. Yeah, for a, th- for a three <laughs> – and the guy was like – and now so I forgot who it was. He's like, you have to dunk that. Like, what? that's how broken he was. He wouldn't even take a dunk because he was afraid – I guess he was afraid he was getting fouled and have to shoot free throws. Yes. Uh, which is just – that's. The, I know. That must be a hopeless play, a way to play basketball when you, you you have so little confidence in your shot that you just you're turning down dunks because you're afraid you might get fouled and have to shoot a free throw. Yes. And defensively the one thing that I am curious about too is and I don't think this is going to make them a great defensive team, but I do think it it will be worth monitoring or watching chipper is Chris Finch with an entire training camp now and practices because yeah. that's the one thing is, you know, basically in both ho- hockey and basketball, the seasons that we're coming off of, there was no practice time. And what Finch got hired in, I think it was February. So I will be curious to see what changes schematically and how much more he can install and if he can get a bit more defense uh, from guys like D'Lo with a training camp and actual game planning or planning for the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to think, I, I don't really know it so much schematically. It's just, you got to want to do it, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, it has to be just personally, like I want to be a better defender and I'm sure there are some things that they can teach them in terms of coverages and, and, you know, technique and all that, but it comes down to, you just want to be able, you just have to want to be able to be a good defender and it takes effort. And um, Chris Hine from our paper, Seth Allen, Gerson and Finch, <clears throat> I think it's in, <clears throat> excuse me, Florida late in the season and had lunch with them and it's kind of a, you know, state of the team thing and and i think finch said something about d'lo or maybe his aunt at the, you know that he saw more care factor on defense late in the season it's like it just goes to show you i mean you just have to want to do it right and i just yeah. don't know that it's ever going to be that important to d'lo and, and to some degree, Towns. I think he got better, but he's, you know, there's still room for improvement there. So, um, yes, I, I hope they have more buy-in, and, and and maybe they realize that, you know, that's the only way out of this because they can score, they can shoot, they can do all the things offensively, but the only way out of the, the cellar is to become better defensively. And so I hope that light bulb goes on because, 
Judd, I mean. A lot of people do, yes. I know, but you look at the roster. Yep. They have too much talent to be that bad. I'm sorry. You yeah, 100%. They, they should, be, should not be as bad as they are. At the very least, at the very least, they should start next season with the anticipation that they are going to be in the play-in tournament portion, which I think is going to stick around. So they should be in the top 10. I mean, hell, I think if you look at the roster, why can't they be in the top eight? And, you know, by that, I mean seven or eight. I know the conference is tough, but you're right. You've got Delo, you've got Towns, you've got Ant, you've got some play. You know, if you make some moves, yes, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and, and McDaniels, I mean, you have some guys that fill roles that are important that you think are going to take a next step. And so, um, I mean, so you see what he's able to do, you know, this offseason without, you know, a draft pick and just how much, I don't know how much can he change. The, the roster is pretty much what it is. I mean, I, I guess you can make some some deals, but um, I'm curious to see how much he's able to really kind of tinker with the, the roster this summer. Yeah, I think they'll make one what we consider to be fairly significant move. Not mm-hmm. a blockbuster, but I think they'll make one move. Um, and the thing, so the thing that hurts, in my opinion, about not having a draft pick this year, and they don't have a, right now, they don't have the first or the second, because I think both went to Golden State in the D'Lo trade. The thing that hurts there is the ant pick looks great, and that's you know that's fantastic, Chip. Yeah. But you know, Jared Culver's a bust. Yeah, that's a yeah, he's that's a miss. That's and a, but I mean, that's a bad and that's yeah. a bad miss. That's not oh, whoops, we yeah. missed a twenty five. That's yeah. a we missed at what six or seven top ten yeah. pick. So th- that's if there's a blemish, I would say right now on. Gerson's resume, it's the Culver pick and the fact that you basically are going to get nothing from your first-round pick in, what, two out of three years with Ant mm-hmm. being in the middle of those two. Yeah, I mean, that's there's no other way around it. It's like, that's a swing and a miss, and he's, I, I don't know, like, what he's even good at at this point, you know? I mean, I don't know how you redeem him. Um, maybe they try to package him or something. You know, I, I don't know, but, yes, that's, you, when you're picking that high, that guy needs to be an impact player, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, so that's, you know, you, that's basically a lost pick there. Um, now, I, the McDaniels pick, that's a very good pick at this point, you know, to get him where you got him. Um, so you make up a little ground there, but yeah, when you're picking top 10 and you swing and miss that bad, it's it's not good. Um, so, but I, you know, I, I do like, you know, I, I would be willing to part with Beasley, um, but I do like the shooting he brings, and I, and I feel like that's something. Clearly, the way they want to play is the modern NBA, where it's you know jack up a bunch of threes, and you know that's you, you need you need guys that can shoot um, if you're going to play this way, and so that that's if you if you're going to trade him, you need to bring back. That's the thing. You got to find defense, mm-hmm. and then you, you need to keep finding guys to play the way they want to play, and, and that's space the floor and shoot threes. And so, and Ant has to improve there too. Yes, and I think you will. Yeah, um, I agree. With I that. mean, you know, did he take some? He had stretches where he took some just wild shots, you know. But um, I, what he's brought to that organization in terms of just. How do you describe competitiveness or joy? I don't. I don't know the right way to describe. Kind of, he's what you wanted Wiggins to be, and he never was going to come yeah. close to it. Right? Yeah, like as far exactly. as personality, personality goes. Yeah, personality. I mean, just loves. He's the facing game. the team. And the thing is, like, just 
do you have any doubt that that kid wants to be great? No, zero doubt. And and, and I think he'll do the work to get there too. Now he's got to he definitely got to be better defensively, and let's see you know what kind of strides he makes there. But um, but he has some things, man. I mean, he he's definitely a guy you build around. And I said it to me, it's it's you know they wanted to be Towns and Russell. I mean, I think it's Towns and Ant, and then Russell's you know a good player, and, and if he can be a He's always going to, you know, be a high volume shooter. But if he can facilitate like he did at the end of last year, then I think, okay, you know, he's willing to to not play a secondary role, but at least get guys set up and not just be, all right, I'm looking for my shot. I got to shoot a lot. Yeah, this this team, I think next year, and, and it morphed into it this year, but th- this team next season is going to be Ant, Cat, and D'Lo, and Ant is just flat out the personality of this team, and that's a good thing. He, he's your first, mm-hmm. you know, first o- overall pick. So the one thing I really like about it is I think it's going to allow Cat to slide into a spot where he's more comfortable. Yeah, because I, I don't ever get the sense that, like, he wants to be the alpha, he wants to be the player, but I don't know he necessarily loves the spotlight, and I think Ant takes some of that away from him in, in a good way, you know, where he doesn't, you know, um, have to be the the focal point, uh, but I think yeah, you know, as as Ant kind of refines his game and and just gets more comfortable and realizes you know good shots and bad shots, and he's the thing I like about him, man, he is fearless. You know, yes, <laughs> there's no there's no moment or situation that seems to intimidate him. The stage is not too big for him, so I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. And I, you know what, and we keep. I think we're talking kind of optimistically here, Judd, about the team. I've said this, like, this is a pivotal year for this regime and for Cat. Darn right it is. This needs to be a pivot point here because Cat can say all the nice, you know, things, how much he loves it here. Eventually, if you're not winning, he's going to get sick of that. And guys get tired of losing. And so this feels like a big pivot point season in terms of they need to make a leap to show what the heck they're doing. Like, this is going somewhere, you know. So we'll see if, if, if they're committed to, you know, making the changes that, that they need to kind of get on that path. All right. Let's transition to it. The ball club. Oh boy. Oh boy. The local ball oh boy. club. I believe that we talked about this uh, when he was let go from here and eventually signed with Cleveland. Eddie Rosario was destined to come back and beat the Twins at least <laughs> once, if not more, probably more. Um Every time anybody, and this this does not include me, and I don't think this includes you, but any time in the course of the Twins' 2021 season, Chip Scoggins starts to get optimistic, um, it basically yeah. gets shot down very quickly. Yeah. It, it is remarkable when you look at what goes wrong with this team and the amount of times that they just uh, trip over their own feet. Rocco, I go back to this, has had an awful season as far as his decisions yeah. backfiring. I mean, you know, people are trying, at times, the optimists are trying to find the positives, and I got to be honest, I just can't find them. I didn't, so I didn't watch the game last night, Judd. Um, I, I scanned Twitter. I did see Eddie had an Eddie moment. Which was- oh, yeah, he got, yeah, he, he, he lollygagged back to second base and... and Simmons, who's very heads up, tagged him out yeah. quickly. It was a nice. It was a. It was a Rosario pull your hair out moment for sure. That's great, but John, and I, I haven't. I haven't read the paper or seen anything today. 
why do you take Jose Barrios out at that point? I don't know. I, 96 I, pitches. Is there? I'm out of answers. Are they going to explode if they go over 100? I don't, for the life of me, why? I know your bullpen has been better in the last week, but come on. I know. Jose Barrios can go over 100 pitches. I, I just I've got nothing for you there because yes you're a thousand percent right and they never learn they just don't I don't but know why cruising to that degree let him cruise well <laughs> well and off your point there which is in in the in the small picture of the game and this year for a Twins team that is now thirty one and forty three it's sort of like who cares but off your point where it is a big deal is this is going to be among the reasons that he walks. Yeah. Like if I'm him, one, I want to get paid really well. So if you'll yeah. if you'll write me the check, I probably stay. But yeah. at the end of the day, when he eventually might leave, it's going to partially because you guys never really trusted me. Trust him, I know. Well, I know he's become kind of the the face of how oh, you gotta trade him. I'm like, Are you crazy? <laughs> I know. I mean uh, you gotta have one good pitcher. I mean, I would not trade my best pitcher. I know, I know you're probably looking at it like, well, he's going to cost me a lot of money. Well, so what? I mean, guess what? He's He's been really good of late, and he's your best pitcher. Yes. And you got to have some good players. And so I wouldn't trade him. I, w- I would say, you know what? I know he's going to ho- – I know he's going to – you know, it's going to probably be contentious, and you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. But what are you going to keep going and getting retread veterans that are 37 years old? That you know may give you you know you know like Matt Shoemaker. What are you saying? Yeah, Jay Happy's been great. What are you saying? It's it's unbelievable. So yeah, I would I would not trade Jose Barrios. I would uh, I would pay him the you know salary and and you know figure out uh, someone else to trade. But I I mean I know you don't have a ton of value guys that people are going to want, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to have a fire sale and get rid of veterans, you know, that you really don't see as part of your future. How can you not see Jose Barrios as part of your future? Well, and that's yeah. why I think that you have to go to him now and his re- representatives and say, what's it going to take? Like, how do we get this done? Because if, if he if he tells you definitively, look, I'm tired of this crap. I don't like being pulled. I'm walking for sure. It puts you in oh, a different yeah. s- a situation. But, yeah, there is no... He might not be the true ace that we expected, but you nailed the chip. He's their best pitcher, and and he is, you know what, atop the rotation. I mean, look at last night again. He gave him a great effort. So yeah. I'm with you. My first option or my first desire is not to trade him, but I do think that it would be irresponsible not to know exactly what the price of poker is going to be and then have him walk and be like, oh, thought we could re-sign him. Don't you, th- yeah, exactly. Don't you think they probably have an idea by now, though? They better. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, the way things have gone this year, I have no idea what they know and don't well, know, but they better. Well, that's, yeah. If, if they, you know, if they don't, then they're um, they're way behind. So I, I, I imagine they've had, you know, numerous conversations. They have a ballpark idea of what it's going to take to resign them. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I can't say I've been around Reels enough to know – whether he loved it here, whether he, you know, would welcome a fresh start, you know, I, I, who knows. I, I, he wants to break the bank. That's become clear. I, well, yeah, he wants to get paid. Do you recall a couple of years ago? Um, it wasn't last year. I think it was 
2019, the, the Twins let somebody walk a pitcher. They DFA'd him or something, and I think Philadelphia claimed him. I don't remember his name, but anyway, Barrios got on Twitter, and he sort of misunderstood what the transaction was, and he ripped yeah. the team for being cheap, and then they got the team got to him, and I was like, Jose, we didn't, we're, we're not being cheap here, and he took it down. Yeah. But the yeah. fact is, that was that to me was a clear indication that, and I don't blame him one bit, that he wants to get as much as possible, and I don't think the jersey, if it says Dodgers, Red Sox, yeah. Marlins, or Twins, is going to affect him that much. <laughs> he tweet. Uh... I mean, he basically did. He basically <laughs> tweeted there. I think his I think his line that he eventually deleted was it always comes down to money, which is yeah. probably true. No, no, I, I think without that, I mean, yeah, what do you I assume there's some sentimental value, you know, being in a place where, you know, drafted him and brought him up and all that. Um, but money, it, it does come down to money. And he, you know, he has a certain he wants to get paid like an ace. And He's not in that top tier guys that we thought he'd be, but he's a pretty darn good number two. He's your best pitcher, and you, it's not like you're blessed with a lot of uh, pitching at this moment. So I think you're gonna have to pay him, and that will not be that will not go over well if Jose Barrios walks to another organization for a big contract and, and they're not willing to pay it. All right, we've talked about this a thousand times, but there is new information. A new injury, of course. So I will ask you again: What the hell do you do with Buxton? I don't know. I mean, he's I mean, so spe- this, I really think Chipper. This is one of the saddest. Yeah, and it's not. Tra- it's not tragic because he's not dying, but it's one of the saddest athletes I've ever covered because it just never ends. And and I, he's not doing. You know what? I'm done with saying. Don't run into walls. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like the ball finds him. Injuries find him, and it's the damnedest thing I think I've ever seen. I have never seen. I've never covered an athlete in like this. Um, I feel bad. I was. I was going right. I feel bad for him. One because this has to be just beyond frustrating. I mean, just you know, I can't even imagine you know going through a rehab and playing two games or three games, and then knowing you're going to have another shutdown. Um, I feel bad for the team because you're not maximizing this great talent. I mean, this is a generational talent. We, yes. he's, we've seen that. I mean, he's just one of the best players in Major League Baseball when he's healthy. Right now, I mean, he's figured it out as a hitter. Um, and I feel bad for the fans, you know, because you, 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 like you saw what he is in April and what he can be, and it's just it's a tease. And so this is not his fault. Now, you know, it drives me crazy when I see people say, ah, just trade him, he's injured. I mean, yeah, he was a pitch, I and mean, there's nothing he can do on that. And it's just, he's had more. Now, some of them are his fault, running into the walls. I mean, you, you, we can debate that one. I tend to think that he's just playing the game. Some people think he needs to learn to do it better. But but these, I mean, he's had, how many would you just say are tough breaks, like bad luck? The Reds, um, the Reds their last two trips into target field have hit, hit him in the head with a pitch and then broke his hand. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's bizarre. I mean, that's not his fault, you know. Um, you know, concussions are not his fault. So it's, it, um, <laughs> I, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, I, I would try to resign him, but I mean, what is the price tag at this point? I mean, I, I wouldn't even venture to guess what you'd have to pay him. You know, I, I don't know how you could, do you think it'll come down to Judd either a, 
uh, a, a shorter term contract that's not tied up in like eight years or six years just to say, hey, just show she can be healthy before we give you a long term or a contract that's loaded with incentives. Now, he may not want that. You know, right. he, he may want the guaranteed money and not the incentives, which I'm guessing his agent would probably say, let's not do that. But I honestly don't know what you do because I've never seen a case like this. I think they find a potential team to trade or to trade to sign him if he hits the market that will basically hold their breath and hope because to your point, we're not talking about a good player. We're talking about a generational talent who can do things on on a baseball field that very few humans who elect to play baseball can do. Um, I also get the idea that like Barrios and probably more so he's not exactly enamored with how the twins have done things at times. Um, he, yeah. he clearly, he clearly tried to play in Seattle. They said, no, now they're going to say it's for his best interest, but he did want to play. Um, I don't think the, the decision in what was it? 2018, not to bring him back in September and cost him a year of service time because he would have been a free agent after this season. I don't think that sat well. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's going to be contentious because of the past. Yeah, and how much do you think, too, and I could totally see this, and this is just not any reporting or insight, but him just saying, you know what, I've had so much just stuff happen here. I need a fresh start somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) You know, I just, no hard feelings. It's not, you know, anything he did, but it's just, a lot of negative vibes. And then he'll go to the he'll go he'll and go he to the Cubs and become a Hall of Fame player. Never crash into the damn wall there once. I play 140 games and you know be the MVP. Um, <laughs> but I do wonder too, Judd. And you know how it is. You know football's probably more example of this, but the more these injuries start to pile up, the quicker your body breaks down. Yes, you know and. So you you start talking about a contract is like what kind of player is he going to be at thirty two after all these injuries accumulation of them like the hip and the, or what whatever this last one was you know just at some point it takes a toll on your body and you're just not the same athlete anymore and so that would be a concern I would have for the Twins not only you know is he going to be able to play X number of games per season but more is like what what's his body going to be like at the end of this contract? You yeah, know, we're right. paying him a ton of money, mm-hmm. but I also, it would not surprise me in the least if Buxton just said, I need a fresh start away from Minnesota just to get my body, you know, just something different because this is, I mean, I, like I said, I feel bad for the guy. I really do because this is, you know, when you play the way he did that month and you feel like you've finally figured it out as a complete player hitter too, and then to just not be able to stay healthy, it's got to be just maddening to him. Last thing, your thoughts on watching baseball games now, and as the pitchers depart the field, seeing them strip-searched essentially by the umps. Uh, and, and we've made this change in June. Yeah, well, I know that we're seeing a lot of histrionics, right? A lot of dramatic things. But, hey, man, you guys have been cheating. You know, it's like pitchers have been – Using stuff they weren't supposed to be used, supposed to use, and so sorry that you got caught, and they're trying to crack down on it. Now we can we can debate whether they should have done it before the season or waited until after the season. Um, I was talking to Patrick uh, about this yesterday. Is that you know I think Manfred and baseball looked at it and 
they hear people saying, this is boring. This product's boring. Baseball's boring. There's no action. There's nobody, you know, all these strikeouts. Yep. And they probably said, God, we got to fix this right now. We can't wait because all this game is is a bunch of strikeouts and the pitchers are. But we knew know, that solid. going in. That That's the thing that drives me that's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rob, I am never going to give Manfred the benefit of the doubt because he screws up everything. And it's like, yeah. this is, I'm fine with cracking down. But to your point, you know, it's, or, or it's, it's in June instead of in March and it's just the whole thing of every step baseball makes to me just feels so flawed now. Well, there's no way they didn't know this was going on last year. Right. And strikeouts were high last year. Yeah. And it took, you know, Josh Donaldson and some guys speaking out about it that finally forced them, compelled them to do something about it. But, um, and, and I think the SI, story was the SI that did the big one about yes. how this is yeah I think that one probably that was really good shame them into doing something immediately you know if that would have come out if that story would have came out in January or February we would have seen this you know you would have seen something in, before the season started but because they get there's like the snowball was rolling um you know they, they felt like they had to do something but yeah it's I, I don't I don't know. Have a lot of sympathy for pitchers either. You mm-hmm. know, I know they're I know they're mad and they're trying to, you know, make a show and mockery and pulling their pants down and all that. Um, Sergio like, Romo, our guy. Yeah, I know. Least but, surprised but I've been all week was, was when I saw him drop his pants. I know, I know, but it, but it's like, hey, and you know, you guys have been getting away with this for I don't know how how long. I mean, Josh Donaldson thinks it's been egregious for like three or four years. Um, so sorry. I mean, you're gonna have to play by the rules now, you know, so I, I I don't have a ton of sympathy for them. All right, sir. Thank you. I will talk to you next week. Chip Scoggins. Take care. Okay? All right, brother. We'll All right. Bye bye. Whether it's Baker's simple truth, Turkey or Mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.